Bismillah walhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa mawala wa ba'du Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Wa alaikum wassalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh All praise and thanks be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Choices, peace, blessings and salutations upon our master and exemplar Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum to all our viewers and listeners As well as my honored teacher and guest in studio Qari uh, Maulana Salim Gaibi I just had his uh, Isnad up on the on the screen Instead of him, subhanAllah But that's perfectly fine, I don't mind that Because uh, inevitably The purpose behind this um, Behind this uh, Session Maulana, Is to honor the, the 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 Objective as opposed to Us, <laughs> the subject, right uh, The objective is the ahadith um, Malina, I don't want to, to give us a prolonged introduction to this Because we have had two sessions prior to this We've had the uh, introduction to the book itself Then we had the Al-Hadith uh, Al-Musalsal Bil-Awaliyya Perhaps a word from Malina pertaining to what we will be doing today Inshallah Ta'ala Bismillah Bismillah Walhamdulillah Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa manwala Yes, uh, I'm excited This is actually the, the very purpose of... Um, these sessions to read the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam So obviously um, like we mentioned in the very first ses- session that uh, prior to the hadith we're going to give our uh, asanid, our sanad to the transmission uh, of these ahadith So before we actually read the statements of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam we'll be reading through the Asanid, insha'Allah. Right, so for those who are not familiar, it might seem tedious, but uh, this is important to us. No. Yeah, these are, like we mentioned, these are our institutions. No. No, al isnadu min ad deen. This is part of deen. And I was actually listening to a, uh, a lecture by Shah Hamza Yusuf yesterday while I was running. Um, he was speaking about the importance of isnad. <coughs> and one of the uh, important points that he mentioned is that, you know, we're living in a world where really, you know, anyone says anything. And on top of that, they believe that it is within their rights to say and that what they say should be taken seriously. Uh, and this is especially dangerous when it comes to matters of importance like medicine, for example, and of course, our deen. So he said one of the important uh, um, faculties of the Isnad is that it allows for the person who is not an expert to understand how seriously they should take the opinion being presented to them. Because, you know, if there's a person out there saying it's okay for for you to be a homosexual Muslim, that's perfectly fine. Or it's okay for you to be a Trinitarian Muslim, you can believe in the Trinity, that's perfectly fine. Or instead of uh, meat qurban, you should... You should sacrifice vegetables because that's a vegetarian kurban. And all of these things are realities. <laughs> so if anybody says anything like this, uh, the isnad, you know, the, your, your, your chain of authority is essentially what will distinguish between the haq and the batil. Mm. Should I take this seriously? Where does it come from? What's the origin of this information or not? Mm. So now... No, definitely. <coughs> and, uh, um, you know, one thing that... Uh, Mulla uh, Riyadi wrote a commentary on um, the Khaqaniyya and one of the 
the things that he mentions in there when it comes to the learning of the Quran and basically your 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 link your your teachers and that is that uh, uh, you know like we mentioned last it wala ta'khudul ilma an as-suhufiyyin those who read those who read books uh, so similarly those who, who get and learn from various pl- platforms on the internet also that would not be part of uh, the isnad the system of isnad you know and in to add just to add what monna mentioned uh, to what monna mentioned there that uh, we mentioned that this is a ni'mah and uh, many of the traditional scholars have this ni'mah so um, for me it's also sometimes perhaps said that uh, uh, you have individuals who have been blessed with this isnad but they don't understand it or mm. they don't utilize it or they don't know it sometimes they don't know the asanid mm. also you know yeah. so those who have been blessed you know our students and that if you have been blessed by Allah to carry these various asanid then uh, you should study them and know them understand mm. uh, what you have been blessed to us um, you know uh, i mentioned initially that uh, ami mukri mm. and ibn al-jazri is probably one of the greatest teachers mukriin uh, to walk the face of this earth and he, he mentions about the qurra he says uh, you know the qurra la ilma lahum bil asanid we're supposed to be the uh, the most uh, uh, ardent uh, supporters and followers of of our asanid and that but he says the qurra unfortunately Ajim. they don't know the asanid <coughs> Subhanallah. Okay, Manila, let us get into it. Uh, okay. Shall we bring up the, the Sanad uh, up or is Manila going to add something before yeah. that? So uh, I transmit these uh, 40 ahadis. Uh, the first teacher that I'd like to um, mention is uh, Sayyid Sharif Ibrahim Ibn Salih al Husseini. This is on page? Um, actually, if Mona can put up the picture of him, it will be oh, nice. Oh, okay. Right? Fine. So, uh, this is the picture that uh, I actually got. I told Mona I got it from Wikipedia. So, if you can just Google him, you'll find him there. Right? That is his Wikipedia uh, picture that he has. Ibrahim ibn Salih al-Najiri. And uh, as his name says, he's a Husseini. He's from the... Um, the lineage of Hussein radiallahu an and Najiri is from Nigeria right there's another picture that we have of him okay so that's that right uh, in fact uh, those of you who actually uh, managed to look at the uh, I think it's the 50 most influential or the 500 most influential mm, 500 uh, 500 most influential uh, Muslims in the world um, in the last one that I had a look at, I think it was last year, um, Sheikh Ibrahim Ibn Salih, he featured at number 48. Right. Right. So one of the most uh, uh, influential Muslims in the world, uh, the Sheikh Ibrahim Ibn Salih and Najiri. Uh, his teachers, they, he has many. Um, and one particular link that I like about um, Sheikh Ibrahim Ibn Salih uh, is that, and you, you know, besides, he wrote, okay, he wrote more than 
600 works right on various fields hadith fiqh um, you know usul and so many ajeeb and he read qiraat as well so i actually read qiraat to him surah uh, fatiha uh, and surah baqarah incorporating all the ten qiraat and he has very outstanding teachers in qiraat uh, one of his teachers is the shaykh al qurra in medina shaykh hasan al sha'ir So he read to him, got ijazah from him. He also got ijazah from the Shaykh Makari al-Misriyah during his time, Shaykh Amir al-Sayyid Uthman. Mm-hmm. And Amir, uh, Shaykh Amir al-Sayyid Uthman was known as an expert in Qiraat. And then he has another, uh, another very unique link, and that is he received ijazah from the famous uh, reciter, Shaykh uh, Mahmoud Khalil al-Husari. So he got ijazah from, mm-hmm. from him, Khalil al-Husari. So um, like the uh, Mujawid. Yes, <laughs> the, he was the first to record the Quran, the entire Quran in Kalun and various riwayat. And uh, I even found other or many others who are linked to uh, Sheikh Khalil Husari and Ibrahim ibn Salih is one of them. And then uh, our next teacher, we may go on. Uh, this is Sheikh Salahuddin Al Hassani. Uh, is in Egyptian. Hassan he links him to the lineage of Hassan, radiyallahu an. And uh, Sheikh Salahuddin is also a prolific writer. He has more than hundred works on various topics as well. In fact, uh, we have few of his uh, books in our library in Strand. Okay, yeah. For those of you who are not aware of it. <laughs> Which books has, has he authored on this? Just some uh, examples. Ulumul uh, Quran. He's also on Wikipedia, so you just Google him okay. and you'll find him. Right? He actually has a website and so on. Um, there's another pic of him as well. And in addition to um, uh, being an expert or knowledgeable regarding hadith and fiqh and all those uh, sciences, he also read Qiraat. In fact, he read too. I managed to find one of his ijazas online uh, to Muhammad Ismail Al-Hamdani. So many probably won't know the name. That is his ijaza uh, from Muhammad Ismail Al-Hamdani. The name is not a familiar name, but uh, for those of you who have heard of um, Sheikh Abdul Rashid Sufi, this was his teacher, Muhammad Ismail Al-Hamdani. Mm. So Sheikh Salahuddin Al-Hassani, Besides reading uh, or studying various other sciences, he read the, the Ten Qiraat by the Taiba to the very teacher of Sheikh Abdul Rashid, a Sufi, amongst other teachers. MashaAllah. Right? So these are the two Sayyids, and both of them they transmit from um, Sayyid, the famous Sayyid Alawi ibn Abbas al-Maliki. That is a picture of him. Sheikh Sayyid Alawi ibn Abbas al-Maliki. So his son visited the shores of Cape Town, Muhammad ibn Alawi al-Maliki. Mm. Okay, so those are the links in the initial chain, and I will continue reading the chain. Uh, for those of the English audience who can't follow the Arabic, they can obviously uh, look at the the diagram that I've inserted, the English diagram in the book. So, Al-Musalsal Bil-Aitrati Tahira. Firstly, that Aitra, the Ta there is incorrect, it should be with a Ta, right? 
Al-Musalsal bin Itrati Tahira. So we have a footnote there. The footnote is in Arabic. What is meant by uh, Itra means uh, Itrati Tahira. What is meant by that? So the footnote says Al-Muradu biha Ahlu Baytir Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What is intended by this is the uh, household of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because he said Itrati Alu Bayti. What is meant by Itrati is my household or the members of my family, my house. Wahum. So who are they? They are Asada. Sada is the plural of Sayyid. So generally when we say uh, Sayyid, uh, it's become common here in Cape Town also recently. You know, we greet each other. Assalamu alaikum ya Sayyidi and so on. Mm. Uh, what we intend by it is, it is a word used for respect or honorable uh, or respected um, sheikh or, or teacher or whatever, right? Uh, instead of Sayyidi, they also say Sidi, Ya Sidi, mm, mm. right? But obviously here yeah, when you speak <coughs> about Sayyid, we're referring to the those linked to the lineage of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Well, Ashraf, Ashraf is the plural of Sharif. Also, the honorable or those who are honored to be part of the uh, household of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Min wuldi Hassan wal Hussein of the progeny or the children of Hassan and Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhuma. Waqad yusamma al musalsal bil ashraf. So, on top there, the heading is musalsal bil itrati tahira. Right? Tahira means pure family with a pure. Uh, family of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam This musalsal is also called Al-Musalsal Bil-Ashraf The musalsal was uh, Of nobility Ma'akawnihi musalsalam bil-aba It is also known as the musalsal Bil-aba So the various books on musalsalat You will find all these different headings But all of them referring to What we are reading here mm. These 40 uh, hadith Musalsal Bil-aba we have a continuity in the chain, father, uh, son transmitting from his father, father from his grandfather, grandfather from the great-grandfather, and so on. Sometimes there are nine in the chain, the entire chain. Sometimes there are 14 that are mentioned, and we will count them here uh, in this particular link. Amalina, before, before we do that, could we perhaps comment on, uh, you know, like, the understanding of the importance of the Ahlul Bayt. I mean, it's a topic in and of itself, but just to contextualize, because it adds to the significance of the study of the Futi Hadith and so on. Um, some people find it a bit challenging, having not been exposed to the honor and the status of the Ahlul Bayt of Rasulullah especially in light of, um, you know, tensions, sectarian tensions between uh, Sunni Islam and Shi'i Islam. And the the fact that in Tashayyu, the Ahlul Bayt are mentioned very frequently. And then I suppose as a reactionary response, you find far less mention among the majority of Sunnis. So when, you know, when there is an emphasis by a Sunni scholar on Ahlul Bayt, I'm sure even the title of the of the book might have raised an eyebrow, you know, in certain circles, because generally those who would speak about the Ahlul Bayt or highlight the importance mm -hmm. would be the Shia. 
And then among the Sunnis, as a response, you know, there's this knee-jerk reaction to not give emphasis mm. to them. And on top of that, um, there, there's some misunderstandings by, by people about um, how can you say they are from the family of the Prophet when Allah says, "Ma kana Muhammadun aba ahadim min rijalikum, walakin Rasulullah." You know, Muhammad is not the father of any of your men, but rather he's the messenger of God. Wa khataman nabiyin is the last of the prophets, the seal of prophethood. Um, he didn't have any sons. How do we? What's the easiest way that that Mawlana can you know sort of unpack this for people that you know this is the reality of the situation? Bismillah. For me, um, it's always, um, when it comes to a particular practice, I always look at um, what have the previous scholars done. You know, we refer to them as our salaf, mm. our predecessors, those who came before us. And uh, I look what what was their practice, what did they do? Mm. And if there is a precedent for this, that's why they say... Uh, at the passing, on the passing of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when Abu Bakr became the first Khalifa, there were many matters which were very difficult for him because uh, Islam was still something new. Mm. And there weren't precedents for Abu Bakr radiallahu to follow. You know, but now, us being more than a thousand years later, we're always looking at uh, what happened before. You know, looking if there are precedents set before. So sometimes we have a practice. I was just reading yesterday that uh, when it comes to kiraat, you know, the, the takbir. So the hadith which transmit the tak- takbir is considered as da'if, is considered as weak. So some would say because it's weak, we won't practice it. But this has been a precedent which has been maintained from the Prophet right down. You know, so you will have companions who made takbir by the Prophet, uh, to the Prophet, then uh, the next generation making takbir. And in this manner, the takbir, the action, has been continuous and constant in every generation up until us. So when I think about... Uh, you know, I look at the actions of our Salaf, the predecessors, and what they've done, then I think that uh, you won't find so many doing a particular action, and then they are wrong. You understand? Uh, and the Prophet wasallam, he mentioned something like this, that um, you won't find consensus on my Ummah on something which is incorrect. Mm. You know, so when I look at uh, precedents, what uh, what our salaf have, have done, I always look at the practice. You know, all the precedents, and if you look at uh, this particular hadith, it has been transmitted from generation to generation mm. up until it has reached reached us. Right. You know, so uh, and the it is mentioned by very traditional and and Sunni scholars. So it's very difficult for me to deny something like this, no. you know, even though you mentioned, uh, you know, we have a, uh, a response in not wanting or the Sunni uh, scholars not wanting to mention this as a response to, to others who perhaps um, exaggerate 
things regarding mm. the Ahlul Bayt, mm. you know. But the fact that uh, our scholars have mentioned them, we need to, in, in following their pre- precedent and what they have done, we continue transmitting this. No, Bismillah. <laughs> so, um, we, we, oh, we, ah, we're at the bottom. وَسَمَّاهُ الشَّيْخِ إِمَامُ الْيَمَنْ أَحْمَدُ بْنُ يَحْيَى حَمِيدُ الدِّينِ Right, this was a, a, an outstanding scholar in Yemen. Right, he died in uh, 1382, which is 1962, common era. في نظم أجود المسلسلات He wrote a book, نظم uh, or a poem on the most outstanding or the best of the musalsalat. And uh, And in it, he refers to this particular musalsal al as musalsal bil aitratin nabawiyah. Again, the the aitrat should be with a ta, right? The prophetic family or the prophetic household. Waqal, and then he says after this, wada al juz. This particular reading here, right? The sanad and these forty hadith bil al musalsal bil aitrat. يُعْرَفُ It is well known بِالْدِيَارِ الْيَمَنِيَّةِ in Yemen قَدِيمًا وَحَالًا Presently and remember he's mentioning this in 1962 Presently as well as uh, in the previous era the previous uh, generations meaning that uh, it was something commonly read and studied uh, amongst them in fact one of my teachers uh, Sheikh Abdullah ibn Salih al-Ubaid when he went to Yemen He read this Ajwadul uh, Musalsalat. It's one of the books also that I managed to grasp from him, Alhamdulillah. And uh, the scholars who have written uh, an appendix to the book as well. He read all of that to various teachers when he visited Yemen. And he mentions there regarding this particular Musalsal that it is known as Silsilatul Ibriz. The, a chain of gold. Ibriz means gold. Right, a chain of gold, bisanad al-Aziz, was a majestic transmission. Right, the majestic transmission referring to the transmission via the household or the family of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So we continue now. We start with the sanad. Ambaani biha. I've ambaani basically means I've received the jaza from two individuals. The names will come. Biha a. بهذه الحديث هذه الأحاديث أو به it could be به as well would refer to uh, بهذا المسلسل right السيدان two سيد الشيخ إبراهيم بن صالح الحسيني النجيري right we showed you pictures of him before والشيخ صلاح الدين الحسني المصري كلاهما both of them and the سيد الشيخ علوي ابن عباس المالكي الحسني We showed you a picture of him as well. Okay. Uh, for interest sake, I just wanted to follow the chain. We see we're going here from Nigeria and Egypt. And then we're going to Sayyid Alawi al-Maliki. This is in Mecca. Wahua, And he relates from Sayyid Aydarus ibn Salim al-Bar al-Makki. And his Sayyid and him from Alawi ibn Ahmad al-Saqqaf was... Naqib al-Sada bi Makkah. He was the head of the uh, royal family or the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Makkah during his time. And his Sayyid Alawi ibn Safi al-Jifri al-Madani. 
Now we're moving from Mecca to Medina. He relates from Al-Sayyid Mansur ibn Yusuf al-Budayri al-Madani and Al-Sayyid Muhammad Murtada ibn Muhammad al-Zabidi al-Husayni. Uh, Muhammad Murtada al-Zabidi, you will notice from Medina, now we're going to Zabid, which is in Yemen, town in Yemen. And Al-Sayyid Ahmad Muhammad Sharif Maqbul al-Ahdal al-Zabidi uh, many of these scholars they are well known and we can say much about them but uh, right we're going to get sidetracked if we mention too much we want to get to reading the hadith uh, today inshallah and he said he relates from al-wajih abdir rahman ibn aslam ibn al-afif al-makki al-husayni so back from yemen back to makkah and al-musnid al-sayyid muhammad ibn abi bakr Al-Shalli al-Makki al-Husayni bi-Makkah and his Sayyidain from the two Sayyids Zayn al-Abidin wa Ali Ibnay both of them they are the sons of Muhyiddin Abdul Qadir Ibn Muhammad Ibn Yahya al-Tabari al-Husayni and Abihima the two of them that is Zayn al-Abidin and Ali that is might not be in the diagram there but they relate from the father Right, the father who is Abdul Qadir, and he relates Anjadihi, right, from the grandfather, Asayid Yahya ibn Mukram. So, this is a long name here. Uh, it's actually the name is about two and a half lines, but it's one person, Yahya ibn Mukram. Okay, Ibn Muhammad Muhibbiddin al Akhir, and Muhammad Radiyiddin al Akhir ibn Muhammad Muhibbiddin al Awsat. Ibn Shihab al-Din, Ahmad ibn Radi al-Din, al-Kabir, al-Tabari, al-Makki, al-Husayni. You will notice the Muhib al-Din, al-Akhir, and Awsat, and things like that. So what you you would find commonly amongst there's numerous examples we can give of this, where you have the father, the son, and the grandfather all having the same name. You know, like Muhammad Salim. So uh, to this, to distinguish between them, I say Muhammad Salim. Maybe the grandfather is Al Kabir. Mm. The middle <coughs> one is Awsat. The first. Uh, yeah. In English, you have that Al-Akhir. as well. In English, you have like uh, the, the ju- first, no, senior, and ju- yeah, senior, junior, <laughs> or William the first, William the second. Yeah. So William this is the, the same. Yeah. When you see a Muhammad Muhibbidin Al Akhir and Awsat and things like that, it's to differentiate between the. Uh, the father, the grandfather, the grandson, and so on. Call. So he says, "Akhbarani ammu abi." Right. I was informed by my father's paternal uncle, Sayyid Abu Yumn Muhammad ibn Ahmad al-Tabari al-Makki al-Husayni. Call. He said, "Haddasana." It was related to us by who? Walidi, my father. Al-Sayyid Shihabuddin Ahmad ibn Ibrahim ibn Muhammad al-Husayni al-Tabari قال And he said Haddathana walidi My father again related to us Who's his father? Al-Imam Al-Sayyid Radiyuddin Al-Kabir Ibrahim ibn Muhammad ibn Ibrahim ibn Abi Bakr ibn Muhammad ibn Ibrahim ibn Abi Bakr ibn Ali ibn Faris al-Tabari al-Makki al-Husayni قال He said Haddathana It was related to us by Al-Imam, the Imam, Abu Al-Qasim, Abdul Rahman ibn Abi Harmi al-Makki. 
Okay, so this person here, this name here, this link in the chain, I just want to bring it to your attention that he was not from the uh, or linked to the family of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This uh, Ibn Abi Harmi. Okay, fil Masjid al Haram. This was in the Haram of Mecca. Call. He says, "أخبرني السيد الشريف بقية سادة بحلب." He was the continuation of the uh, royal lineage or the lineage of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in Halab in Aleppo, Syria. Who is Fakhruddin Abu Jafar Ahmad ibn Muhammad ibn Jafar al Husayni? Qal. He said, "أخبرني." It was reported to us by. Al-Imam, the Imam, Sirajuddin, Muhammad ibn Ali ibn Yasir al-Ansari, قال, and he said, again, this uh, Sirajuddin al-Ansari is not uh, from the Sayyids. This is the only two in our, the entire link who are not from the, or uh, linked to the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay, next is a very long name. Um, just counting the lines here There's actually three and a half lines <laughs> Of just one name But if you notice It's just father from son Ibn, Ibn, Ibn no. And they are all They link up to Ali Radiallahu an Right And then his, uh, his son Hussein And his son Zainul Abidin And so on Okay So Haddathana al-Imam al-Muhaddith Al-Sayyid al-Sharif Baqiyyatu Sada Bibalkh Right he was the continuation of the family of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in Balkh. Balkh is a town in uh, a province of uh, Balkh as well in Afghanistan. Who is this? Abu Muhammad al Hassan ibn Ali ibn al Hassan ibn Ubaidillah ibn Muhammad ibn Ubaidillah ibn Ali ibn al Hassan ibn al Hussein ibn Jafar, who was known as al Hujja ibn Ubaidillah. Who is known as Al A'raj? Ubaidullah was known as Al A'raj. Ibn Al Husayn, Ibn Al Husayn, Al Asghar, Ibn Ali, Zain Al Abidin, Ibn Al Husayn, Al Sibd. Al Sibd, Husayn means Sibd means the grandson. So Husayn here referring to Al Sibd, the grandson, meaning the grandson of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. If you count all the names, and I actually counted it, there are fourteen names here. So what happens in the rest of the link is all father transmitting from mm. uh, his father, right? Son from his father and so on. Okay. And Ali, uh, Ibn Ali, uh, may Allah honor his countenance. So who is saying this? This is Sirajuddin uh, Al-Ansari. He says that I heard from Abu Muhammad Al-Hasan Sama'an. Right, he uh, said this to us, Sanata, in the year 527, in the year 527 Hijriya, called. And he says, Haddathani Walidi. You will notice all of this coming now is from my father. Right, it was uh, related to us by my father, who Abu al Hassan, Ali ibn al Hassan al Balkhi. And you will notice that they all in Balkh. Right in Afghanistan, Al Husseini. Kiraatan alayhi wa ana asma. This means that these ahadith they were read to him, and I was sitting in the gathering and listening to the hadith being read to him. Bi Balkh. This took place in Balkh, 
في سابع وعشرين on the twenty seventh of صفر ثمانية صفر سنة أربعمية وستة وستين four hundred and sixty six هجرية قال and he said حدثني والدي again my father who is الحسن بن عبيد الله البلخي again we still in بلخ الحسيني this is in the year four hundred and thirty four قال حدثني والدي again it was related to us by my father who is أبو علي عبيد الله بن محمد البلخي الحسيني كراءة علي وأن أسمع again it was read to him I was listening this was in the month of محرم in the year four hundred and fifteen قال and he said حدثنا والدي it was related to us by my father who is الإمام الزايد أبو عبد الله محمد بن عبيد الله البلخي الحسيني قال حدثنا والدي again it was related to us by my father ابو محمد عبيد الله النقيب ابن علي البلخي الحسيني قال حدثنا والدي it was related to us by my father الامام ابو الحسن علي بن الحسن البلخي العلوي الحسيني قال حدثنا والدي it was related to us by my father ابو محمد الحسن بن الحسين العلوي الاعرج البلخي قال حدثنا والدي it was related to us by my father again ابو عبد الله الحسين بن جعفر البلخي وهو اول من دخل من هذه الطائفه this suggested he was the first who الحسين بن جعفر was the first to enter بلخ from the sayyids from the family of the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said, حدثنا والدي, it was related to us by my father, الإمام جعفر, الملقب بالحجة, who was titled الحجة, قال حدثنا أبي, أي والدي, it was related to us by my father, who is عبيد الله, الملقب بالأعرج, who was titled الأعرج, قال حدثني أبي, it was related to us by my father, الإمام الحسين الأصغر, قال حدثني أبي, it was related to us by my father, الإمام علي زين العابدين قال حدثني أبي was related to us by my father الإمام الشهيد the Imam the martyr الحسين بن علي قال حدثني أبي الإمام علي بن أبي طالب كرم الله وجهه ورضي الله تعالى عنهم أجمعين may Allah تعالى honor his countenance and be pleased with all the transmitters in this particular chain قال he said who is this? Ali radiyallahu an. Qal. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said the following. And with this transmission we're going to. This chain of transmission here. We're going to report all these ahadith. Insha'Allah. The first is. Laysa al-khabru kal-mu'ayana. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says. A report of an event is not like the witnessing of an event. So the commentary on that is witnessing an event is more credible than hearing about it from another. Right? In other words, an eyewitness is better than getting it via hearsay. Okay? And there's actually two examples that one could think of in the Quran. Uh, which supports this particular statement of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. One of it is the the kisa of Musa alaihi salam. So Musa alaihi salam goes up uh, Mount uh, Tur, uh, 
and he walks ahead of those that are with him, right? And when he gets on top of the mountain and he speaks, he engages Allah, uh, Allah asks him, وَمَا عَجَلَكَ أَنْ قَوْمِكَ يَا مُوسَى Right? Musa, why have you come? Hastened ahead of your, your, uh, your tribe, your people. And uh, Musa salam said, Hum ala asari. No, they're behind me. They're not far behind. They're coming now. And Allah says, Right? I have surely tested them. Right? And Allah informs him about them now worshipping the calf. Right? So Musa salam with Allah, he hears that his people behind him, instead of they making shirk now, worshipping the calf. Right? He gets the tablets and he goes down. And when he comes down the mountain and he actually witnesses his people worshipping the scarf. And وَأَلْقَلْ Musa, You know, he throws down these tablets. وَأَلْقَلْ أَلْوَاحَ وَأَخَذَ بِرَأْسِ أَخِيهِ So when he heard about it from Allah initially, it didn't startle him or jolt him like when he actually saw it mm. with his own eyes. Ajib, ajib. I've actually been thinking uh, quite a bit about this type of phenomenon. Like even... Even something as simple as uh, as moat, death. Every single human being, be he uh, Muslim, Christian, Jew, atheist, you know, anything for that matter, we all know that we are going to die. Mm. It's the only inevitable thing that we have, you know. Allah calls it yaqeen in the Quran. Yaqeen is the certainty because it's the only certainty. Yeah. Yet, you know, we always act surprised mm. by death, which is which is weird. And and the 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 weirdest one is our own death. I was thinking uh, just the other day, and I know this is a bit off topic, but if we if we were to to really understand and and appreciate the fact that we can die at any moment, how much more would we do with the life that we have? Um, but yet, when somebody passes on, we're like you know we're shocked. And it's an I suppose it's a normal reaction, but. Uh, that shows the, the, the veracity of the statement, uh, the truthfulness of the statement in that um, reminding one another with words is not the same as attending the janazah. It's not the same as, as having a family member or a loved one, you know, pass away uh, in front of you. So, so it really is a big difference between the two. We, we live as if we're not going to die. Absolutely. <laughs> Subhanallah. And the next example, actually, that comes in the Quran that I was thinking of is um, uh, Ibrahim alayhi salam. You know, like yeah. we speak about death and after this life again, again right? Ibrahim alayhi salam, he says to uh, Allah, وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّي Show me that how after death you give life again. Mm. You know, and then uh, obviously what happens after that is Allah tells him that uh, take four birds and cut them up and put them on different parts of the mountain. And in, uh, when he calls on them and Allah brings all the pieces back together again. And in this manner, Allah shows uh, Ibrahim mm. his power of creating or Ajib. giving life to that which Ajib. has died again. 
So Alhamdulillah, yeah. we, we, we've, we've started now. <laughs> the, the ball is rolling. We, we, we now narrated the, the Sanad. Yeah. And we've, we've transmitted one hadith from that. Just a quick question on the ahadith, Manana, for the, for the um, benefit of the students and the yeah. listeners and so on. These ahadith are all very, very short. Are they short in the original form or are they shortened for the sake of the compilation or for the sake of narration? Uh, so with this particular sanad and this musalsal, all these hadith, it, she, it seems like they have been shortened. Mm. And there are other versions of the hadith that you will find in the can- canonical work. Uh, when I say canonical work, I'm referring to the sihah sitta, the six uh, canonical books of um, hadith. Uh, they are. They tend to be links here, and uh, you, uh, one would notice that uh, I don't give any footnotes regarding uh, references in which hadith books they appear. Right. If you want uh, to know where they do appear in, uh, one of the books that we mentioned that Nazmu Ajwadil Musalsalat that we mentioned before. He has the takhrij, you call it the takhrij or the referencing of these ahadith, he has it in there. And uh, another scholar who actually made takhrij of this very recently, in the last few years, Muhammad uh, Attam Samani is a Maghribi scholar. So he uh, also gathered these very 40 hadith and he made the takhrij of these ahadith. Sorry. And, uh, um, you know, uh, when we're reading these ahadith, uh, if we can just keep in mind that these are statements of the Prophet wasallam, and we're reading them, uh, bearing in mind that these, uh, he was sent by Allah as the guide to us. You know, this is ultimate guidance that mm. we are getting uh, from him. And uh, whatever we're reading, try to uh, implement it some in some way or the other in our lives, inshallah. Amen. Right, the next hadith, Al-Harbu Khud'atun. Al-Harbu Khud'atun, war is deception. And Khud'a can be read in various ways. One of uh, them is uh, Khud'a as well, Khud'atun. So war is deception. Islam condemns betrayal. However, deception during war is allowed in order to attain victory. Except if the terms of a treaty or trust are being broken, in which case it is not permitted okay so one instant interesting thing uh, which comes to mind when i read this is i always think of uh sun Tzu, the art of war mm. right i've wrote I my copy. Has been carrying yeah. it around here <laughs> i've wrote it last week i thought we would read it last week let's have a look at the copy uh, show to the camera uh, oh yeah anyway now what a right so that's uh, the art of war written by Sun Tzu. So he said the very same thing. War is deception. Mm. Uh, uh, Sun Tzu, he lived about 2,500 years ago. Right? And he wrote this, um, this uh, treatise uh, on warfare. Right? So he was a, a military uh, commander. And he actually was very successful in safeguarding his his town or his village, the village of Wu, from all those who tried to attack it, right? And this was obviously during the time of great civil war throughout uh, China, you know. So he wrote this treatise and it is considered as one of the best uh, treatises written on warfare. And mm. he said, 
war is deception, right? And um, then after him, there comes somebody else, an Italian. Uh, his name is uh, Machiavelli, right? Uh, he also wrote a book, uh, The Prince. Basically, as in the 1600s, the book, The Prince, he gives advice to princes or royalty on how to maintain the uh, the command of the the palace or the kingdom, mm. right? So he says the same. War is deception. Um, if we can just compare quickly, when you know what they say and what the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, we're not trying to uh, give support that what the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said is correct because. They also said the same thing. Mm, mm. Uh, I actually want to show you um, perhaps a difference between um, what they intended. So when they say war is deception, is uh, it's basically like they're saying it unrestrictedly. Right. So the book written by uh, Machiavelli, for example, it's a controversial book in that uh, he says, in whichever means is necessary for you to maintain your kingdom, mm. your princehood, uh, and your power, you do that, mm. even t- if it is the ways that you, the means that you are using is immoral, mm. indecent, inhumane. You do it because you need to keep your power. And when they when they make these statements, they are saying it mutlakon, you know, unrestrictedly, that whatever you need to do, you do so that you win mm. the war, win the battle. You know, and so when you look at the... That, that reminds me so of a statement by uh, the, the late uh, Al-Hajj Al-Malik Al-Shabbaz uh, or Malcolm X. And he says, uh, you know, by any means necessary. And I can hear it in his accent. <laughs> <laughs> he was famous for that, for that statement. But uh, on that, um, I'm just recalling, I don't know if Malna knows or, or rather if Malna recalls the discussion by Dr. Muhammad Saeed Ramadan al-Bouti rahimahullah ta'ala in Fiqh uh, al-Sirah about that, about the whole idea of um, does the ends justify the justify the means or not? And um, it was a very interesting read. I don't know if Malna you know, came across it or remembers it, but I, for the life of me, can't remember now where that discussion takes place, you know, where he draws this nukta from, uh, because that's a common misunderstanding actually that people have, you know, like uh, if your niya is good, you got a good objective, then the things that you do to attain it, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing, but it's a very important thing to iron out. So, uh, yeah, I thought they just, uh, sorry for interjecting yeah. like that. No, I, I read that probably a while ago. I can't recall mm. um, uh, Fiko Sira. Um, nothing comes to mind regarding that currently. But... Uh, you know, if you apply what they are saying, this unrestriction, unrestricted uh, deception and means to win, then you'd find what happened in, in the Crusades, you know, that uh, uh, when they took over Jerusalem eventually, I mean, infants were being flung against the wall, mm. the wall to kill them. Uh, people were being locked in there. The, uh, the the Jews were locked in their synagogues and being burnt alive and, you know, um, horses or blood was till the knees of the horses, those kind of things. Um, because, uh, 
just do whatever it is required and it's unrestrained. Therefore, you know, after the, the, the aftermath of the world wars, you would find the Geneva Conventions where they say that innocent uh, civilians or people caught in a, a war zone, we need to give them rights, mm. protection, children shouldn't be killed, uh, you know, those kind of things. But the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he gave us those guidance, uh, I mean, 1,400 year, uh, years ago. And this is, this is how um, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's guidance uh, and his statement is very stockingly different to, to others. Mm. That, uh, again, this hadith is, ma- is, is mentioned in our canonical books of, uh, of hadith. Where he says, whenever he sent out a military expedition, he would address them before they go out. And he would say, advise them that uh, um, when you go out, the hadith is very lengthy. Uh, Don't kill children. You know, do not mutilate bodies. Mm. You know, do not deceive regarding any spoils of all. So there was guidance given mm. and reminding them that they are fighting for, they're going out in the path of Allah and they're fighting for the sake of Allah, mm. you know. And with guidance like this, you'll find that uh, Ali radiallahu an, we're speaking about the Sayyids, uh, in one of the battles, he was over the enemy, Amr mm. ibn Abi uh, wood he was over him with a knife and he could have killed him and he tells him that say la ilaha illallah accept islam and instead he spits in ali radiallahu an's face mm. and all ali radiallahu an could have done was slit his throat you know mm. and it's mm. over but instead he gets up and he says if i would if i was going to kill you before i would have killed you for the sake of Allah, mm. you know, but now after you spat in my face, I would have killed you for personal vengeance, mm. you know. So when they went out, they went out with this guidance of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know. Uh, so that is obviously we, uh, the guidance of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is very different from what the world is witnessing uh, currently. Um, is the, the, if my memory serves me correctly, the sababul wurud of this hadith was it when the Prophet ﷺ was on hijrah and uh, he was with Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an, and then somebody was, you know, they, they came across a, a blind person. Is this correct? Am I, am I on the right? I read something, but uh, I can't recall exactly what. Yes, yes. It's, it's my, my memory is failing me right now, but it was something of the nature we... we, we a person uh, had information, and the Prophet ﷺ approached him. But the person who had the information was 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 blind, and they um, they needed the information from them regarding where the Quraysh are and so on. So they asked him the the question for the information, but then he suspected that it was the Rasulullah So he asked them, you know, who are you? So the Prophet ﷺ gave him a description. That was neither a lie nor is it, you know, hundred percent true. It's like <laughs> it's like if somebody phones 
And they say, uh, right now they say, is Mullah Salim Gaby there? And then I say, uh, no, Mullah Salim Gaby is not here. But what, what I mean is he's not like right here next to me. He's actually sitting over there. <laughs> you know, so it's, 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 it's like between mm-hmm. a truth and a lie. And then, you know, when this person, you know, discovered that it was Rasulullah said, you know, but why didn't you, you know, you told me that you were somebody else or whatever the case may be. And then if I recall correctly, Wallahu A'lam, he says, Al-Harbu, Khuda'atun. So we just, I'm going to check that inshallah. So next time we can, we can verify that. Wallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala A'lam. And uh, I, I guess now we, we have to conclude because we... Our up for it. Our up for it. So in, in conclusion, is there anything that Malna would like to uh, to add? Um, uh, I was reading a book now um, during the week. Mm. Uh, so the book is written by a motivational speaker. And uh, she says in the book that she's just tired of giving these motivational talks. She's become actually depressed by mm. it. Who's the author? Um, it's a female. Uh, I'll take a snap of the cover and send Aye. it to you. And then after years, she says she's just fed up of doing the, these motivational talks because, uh, you know, one while she's giving these speeches, uh, you know, everyone is hyped up. They're going to change their lives and whatever. But then she says like six months later, she meets, you know, uh, this lady who was perhaps, uh, you know, had a diet problem and she was resolute that, no, she's going to... Uh, go on a strict diet, start working out, get her weight back into check. And she's still the same. In fact, she's <laughs> even bigger, <laughs> you know. Yeah, she meets uh, another lady who was in an uh, abusive relationship, uh, relationship, for example, and she decided in the workshop that, no, she's getting out and she's going to carry on with her life and whatever, but no, she's still, <laughs> you know. There's uh, another guy who... Is is in this deadbeat job and he's just sick and tired and he wakes up depressed because he has to go to this job and you know she's she's thought that after this entire workshop and all these motivation that uh, she can't mo- she can't get anyone to do the things that she wants them to do or that is in their best interest. The people or the individuals, they need to take that step or make that decision or that asm from themselves, mm. you know. So she could speak there until she's blue, mm. you know. But if uh, the people that were listening to her or that she was engaging did not actually take the step, nothing would happen. So similarly, yeah, we're listening to the statements and, you know, uh, guidance of the Prophet wasallam. And you will hear hadith, there's so many of them, you know. If we don't uh, take the initiative to, you know, read read whatever the Prophet wasallam said in such a simple booklet and try to apply it somehow with uh, the other, may let it have an impact in our life, then, then nobody else is going to do that for us. No, absolutely. May Allah Ta'ala accept Jazakumullah Khairam Allah So the ball is rolling now uh, Slowly but surely So we made it through the sanad of the hadith We made it through uh, the first two ahadith We will continue in this fashion But I'm actually glad that uh, the 
the process, you know, has been, I think this is now the third session uh, in this series, uh, simply because as we go along, more people come to discover, uh, you know, what it is that, that Molina is doing and that, you know, there's this facility available. It's a fairly novel concept for, for most people that I've come across that you can actually get Sanad in this way. Okay. Um, and I, I think that it's good, you know, the more the media. So allow me to take this opportunity to encourage uh, everyone, you know, uh, that whole thing, like, subscribe, share, all of those things. Uh, the reason for that is not for the sake of popularity, but, uh, you know, we didn't come across the hadith yet, but I see it here. Number five is just by you indicating to somebody else uh, about some good thing that, um, you know, they could potentially do. You might not be able to make it, but that person makes it and makes a success of it. And you will also get the same reward without it diminishing that person in the least. So do all those things, you know, subscribe, like, share, all of those things, because it allows for the, uh, you know, that magic algorithm to bring this information uh, in front of the screens of many others as well, inshallah. And uh, as, as, is, uh, as has been the process so far, we will recommence with the next session on Friday evening, uh, same time, same place here on this night academy. Maulana Salim Kaibi, Jazakumullah Khairan. Allah reward you and bless you. And uh, until next time, inshallah. Inshallah. Subhanallah wa bihamdi. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayka. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والسماء بنيناها بأيد وإنا لموسعون والأرض فرشناها فنعم الماهدون ومن كل شيء خلقنا زوجين لعلكم تذكرون ففروا إلى الله إني لكم منه نذير ولا تجعلوا مع الله إلها آخر إني لكم منه نذير مبين كذلك ما أتى الذين من قبلهم من رسول إلا قالوا ساحر أو مجنون أتواصوا به بل هم قوم طاغون فتول عنهم فما أنت بملوم وذكر فإن الذكر